0: Get ready. It's time for... Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated in Late Night Radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark.
1: It's Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On OX.
0: Yeah, this is crazy that we're here on Wednesday night. We're miserable. never here on Wednesday That's night. Just
1: absolutely miserable.
0: I went to the ball game today. That is absolutely miserable. Actually, I was—I didn't get there till the second inning, so it wasn't too bad. I missed all the early
1: runs. They scored two in the first. Then I was the there for the
0: Grand Slam.
1: By Tommy Edmund. Yeah. Second inning, Cardinals took a 4-2 to lead.
0: I had to leave in the eighth inning because I had to get to a
1: meeting. So there you were. It was five to three at that point. I thought, well, it's over with. Ball game's over. Yeah, right. Comes the bullpen. Here comes our closer. Now our closer is injured, so our closer slash prime, uh, Giovanni Gallegos, came into the game in the ninth inning. He got off to a fine start, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and then uh, he had two strikes on the batter with two outs. It was uh, Mike Yastrzemski, Carl's grandson. The grandson of Carl Yastrzemski, the great number eight. of the Boston Red Sox, and, and there was Mike Yastrzemski. He had already had an RBI single in that game. He yeah. produced the third run for the Giants, and there he stood, and there was Gallegos, two balls, two strikes, and the pitch came, and it left very quickly, 417 feet to deep right field in the bleachers, past the first row of bleachers, and the game was tied, and you kind of knew at that point that uh, we were done. Our good friend Mike Claiborne always says that Flag Day
0: is the day you decide what kind of team you have. Here well, we are. What do you it's, think,
1: brother? Well, it's Flag Day. Now, <laughs> the question is, which flag is it? If you look at the White House, you're not quite sure which flag is flying. Oh, here we go. Uh, but uh, but it is Flag Day, the grand old flag, the high-flying flag. Betsy Ross with her... What are uh, you talking about? The Betsy Ross with the stitching on the oh, flag. Oh, yeah, okay. But I'm
0: talking about the Cardinals. You're yeah. getting in giving a history lesson well, on the flag, the, the flag Day. You know, the first
1: flag had 15 I did know that. Uh, uh, yeah, stars, no oh, bars. bars. Thirteen yeah, stars, 13. fifteen bars.
0: Three one four four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. What should we do to fix these Cardinals? I've got to tell you, I think,
1: I think some people got to leave. Yeah, I mean, what you know, what's that going to do, Michael? I mean, you replace a manager. What's that going to do?
0: What do you mean? Well, we replaced a manager with a winning record before. Yeah, this <laughs> we're we're what fifteen games under five hundred. That is correct. And, and, you know, I don't know that it, it also, if you replace the manager, it's an admission maybe by the uh, the front office that maybe they messed up before.
1: Well, the the roster construction definitely is uh, lacking. But what I would do, I pointed this out, mm-hmm. I would radically alter the batting order. Right. So here's my batting order. Okay. So leading off, Tommy Edmond or... Newt Barr when he's back. Okay. All right. Batting second, Brendan Donovan. Right. You get two guys on in front of Goldschmidt who's still hitting in the 280s. Uh-huh. Goldschmidt, Arenado, back-to-back, both hitting in the 280s. That's your three and four hitters at that point. And hopefully there's some traffic on the base paths when they get up. Then you follow with Nolan Gorman, who's cold right now, but he'll, he'll come back. And then Jordan Walker in the oh. sixth hole. Uh, <clears throat> you move Carlson to seven. Uh-huh. You put the catcher, the, the slumping catcher, Wilson Contreras, in the 8th hole, and in the ninth spot, either Young at shortstop or when Newt Barr bar comes back, you put Edmund in the ninth, ninth place hole. And that way you're going to force your home run potential up into the order. And I think the, the way they've constructed, the, the way Ali has constructed the batting order has not proven to be effective for us. And I think that one change might make some difference. But let's see what the folks think out there. Let's go to Jim. Jim, you're on KMLX. All right, they need to fire Mose Well, that's not going to
0: happen. See, I'm not a Mo hater. I don't mind Mo. Well, I don't think Mo's I mean, the problem. Well, the, the roster is Mo's deal. Of course it is. But if you look at the talent on this roster, there's
1: talent there. Not, not on the pitching staff. Well, there you
2: go. No, the the starting pitching has been horrible this year. When Miles Michelis is your ace in the pitching staff. Yeah. He's a four or five starter on another
1: team. Yeah, maybe a three. I mean, he you know, when he's on, he's pretty good. Yeah. But how often is he on these days? Well, he had he had a rough one last time. But, I mean, his last four or five starts have been pretty solid. And, uh, you know, he's taken the team pretty deep. And he can throw 100 pitches and 110 pitches. And, you know, he'll get you through six, sometimes seven. I mean, that's not all bad. But I hear what no, you're but saying.
2: Again, he shouldn't be your number
1: one starter. Yeah. No, I I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Uh, And the problem, of course, now, Jim, is that there are no number one starters available that you're going to get. And, you know, with baseball the way it is these days, so many of these teams are still competing for a wild card spot or whatever. There's very few teams other than the Cardinals and the Royals uh, in the in the that. A's. We're in the same
0: conversation
1: that as the Royals. Uh, you know that are so far out that they can sell, and so you, you're just not going to find. And the price for a good starter, and you think about a guy like Shane Bieber, who's not a, really a number one, but he's a solid two. Uh, he's going to cost you a lot if you want to go get him from the yeah, Indians.
2: Yeah, but Moselle, Mose I know in the off season we had problems with starting pitching, and we he did, did nothing.
1: All right, that's that's, a good call, Jim. That is inarguable. Jim, thanks for the call. I like this. We're doing Sports Open Line with Hancock and Kelly. We'd love to
0: hear from you at 314 436 Let's check in with our
1: friend Judah. Judah, you're on KMLX, one of the uh, 12 tribes of Israel. Exactly. Good
3: day, gentlemen. Good day. Uh, I happen happen to be uh, one of the uh, tribes of color, if you will. All right. Uh, With that that said, um, this manager that we have, the current gentleman, he's in over his head. Uh, they grabbed this guy out of the minors. Uh, it was it was it was it was a very uh, uh, haphazard uh, pick, if you will. Where the hell is Jose Kingdo when you need him? Yeah. Uh, and as far as uh, as far as Contreras, I'll be honest. The the kerfuffle with him, I blame on the current Cardinals players. As far as management, this guy Contreras played for great managers. Yeah. He played for some solid managers. There was never an issue or concern. We're familiar with this guy as far as the, as far as the same division uh, rivalry. Uh, all of a sudden, he replaces uh, Yachty. Well, guess what? He's not Yachty. Get over it. Uh, pitching staff were a bunch of whining brats. Work with the guy. I mean, you guys aren't, You guys sure as hell aren't lights out, and it's not his fault. He's not calling every pitch wrong. I mean, it, this was nonsense. And for the manager to let it linger, and then this manager pulled this nonsense with our outfielder, our, the gentleman's name is Tyler O'Neill.
1: Tyler O'Neill.
3: O'Neill. Now O'Neill was a solid guy, solid citizen. No, no, no attitude problem. Or anything. This guy went public. As a manager, you don't go public. He lost half of his team. I'm telling you, because these guys root for O'Neill. O'Neill doesn't want to come back.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, where you, is
3: Jose you, Cano?
1: I can't. I can't argue with a single thing you've said, Judah. And and you made a great point with Wilson Contreras because he played for Joe Madden and he played for David Ross in in Chicago. Uh, two very good managers. Ross being a recent player, Madden being potentially a Hall of Fame manager. And uh, and he produced, he performed, and I you do wonder if what happened earlier when he got benched from catching duty publicly, uh, what role that plays in the in the psyche of a player like that.
3: That was terrible what they did to that man, uh, benching him. You, you, you spent $80, 80 million to embarrass a guy. I mean, it's just nuts. Flaherty, get your head out your rear, get the balls down in the zone, and let's go. And by the way, Flaherty is the number one starter. I'm tired of all this fan-favorite nonsense with the Cardinals and the stuff they let that guy Alan Craig pull years ago. Now, that's why Mo should be fired. The stunt he let Craig pull.
1: Judah, thank you. You have made a great call. Maybe one of the top five calls of the month. How about that? Judah, have yourself a good evening. Take care, gentlemen. All right. We'll see you. I, I think Judah had a little passion there. He did. I love it. Well, and you know, here's the thing about the Cardinal fans. I mean, we are, I'm passionate. Here's my worry. Uh-huh. I, I grew up in the 70s. Yeah. The Cardinals stunk in the 70s. Yeah, they, and they did. They had a couple of good years. They were competitive. Ugly uniforms, I want to say 74, they were competitive um lost out when the when the cubs blew a play at the plate and the cardinals missed the playoffs but uh, you know the the fans in St. Louis in the 70s they, there was there was uh, lots of available seats shall yeah. we say at the ballpark and i'm worried that we're going to move from a passionate angry frustrated fan base to uh you know an apathetic fan yeah, base. It that just doesn't happen. care. And, hey, Judah cares. and let's check in now with Sheldon. Sheldon, you're on KMOX. What are your thoughts? My thoughts is uh, it starts from upper management, which the Cardinals
2: have over the years showed no concern really about going and getting the top prospects on pitching or none of that. So my thing is uh, Mosaic and Gersh. Those two need to be removed. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, Marmo is a good manager, but he just don't fit this team. You go out, you get rid of a good manager, you let him walk away. He trained most of these guys down in the farm system, and he worked very good with them. And just to let him walk, let him go because of, uh, you know, conflict of interest with management. You know, St. Louis is really a good baseball city, but right now we really need to look at those at the front office with Mazzaloc and Gersh. Those two is not a perfect fit. True enough, you got this back catcher that's trying to learn the system. Work with this man. It's the reason why they went to go get him. Before they even got him, I thought they should have went for the catcher with the Oakland A's. Murphy would have fed perfect with
1: this Murphy would have been ideal, but but you would have had to trade to get him, and you would have had to give up, you know, a Mason win or a Jordan Walker perhaps. Uh, and that was the calculus. and uh, But I agree with you. Murphy would have been a, a fine catcher on this team. Yeah, and just
2: break the team up right now. Go ahead. We got these guys down in the minor league that's tearing it up. It's time to give these guys a shot. You know, if you're not going to give Goldspit an extension, go ahead, go ahead and get these guys that you know that can play. Go ahead and stop playing this favoritism role on keeping these guys up that's not performing.
0: All right, Sheldon, up. you've got some very good points there. We're grateful to you. Hey, we're going to keep this going. If you want to talk Cardinal baseball, you want to talk about how you'd fix the, fix the team, Hancock and Kelly, 314-436-7900, 925 1120 Listen to these uh, couple of messages. We'll be back to hear from you after this on KMOX. Working on a nightmare.
1: Back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. I love it at night. On King of OX. Well, you're
0: a lot like us. You wanted to talk Cardinal baseball. We want to hear what you have to say. We thank you for calling in. Let's go right now to the phone lines. And we're joined by Jason. Jason, you're on Camo X. What's your
1: thoughts on this team? Hey, Jason. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, Well, I've had better days, Jason.
2: Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. I I just, I have a, a question. It seems like... All of these guys that we're bringing, everybody doesn't want to trade these guys in the minors because they're, you know, they're tearing it up down there. But then it seems like when we bring them up here, they just fall flat on their face.
1: Well, you're so, thinking, you're thinking about Dylan Carlson. Um, yeah. Who, Dylan Carlson. You yeah. know, I mean, he's still 24 years old and he's shown some signs of life. Jordan Walker has been at the plate Pretty refreshing. He's a disaster in the outfield, but he's, you know, he's a third yeah. baseman. Um, right. But uh, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, all those you know, – and and the guys we never hear about that come up, like a Brendan Donovan, nobody ever was talking about Brendan Donovan or Tommy Edmond for that matter. Uh, right. They were not heralded, but they came up here and they filled a role uh, on this ball club. So the, some of the – the top top prospects of course we'll never know what would have happened with Oscar Tavares uh, who died tragically right. uh, but i mean that's a legitimate point jason no question about it
2: yeah i just i would just like to see us right now with with everything that's going on i mean if we trade some of those players away and we get you know some solid guys that can that can do what we need them to do I think that's what we
1: need right now. All right, Jason. Thanks for the call. You know, and thanks, would you? Thanks. Would you? Would you trade Mason Win right now? The I would. Yeah, you would for the right person. For yeah. the right person. Yeah. But it, really don't feel forget feel. about don't forget about the guys we've traded though. Randy or Rosarina, uh Sandy Alcantara, Zach Gallon. I mean, think about this roster right now. With those three, we're playing for the. I know.
2: To me, it just feels like if we bring them up, they're going to fall on their face. We're, we don't have the right coaches to, to you know, to get these guys where they need to be in the big leagues. That's just how I feel.
1: All right. Well, that's a legitimate feeling, and I we appreciate you sharing that with us tonight on CamelX. Let's go to John. John, you're on X. Hi. Uh, I have my own ideas about the columns. The uh, lineup you gave earlier, I thought was a good uh, a good fit. Why? Thank you. Uh, but but the Cardinals are
2: just very frustrating to watch. I mean, they've made some good trades in the past, and they made some bad
1: trades, like the three players you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I I think we have to, uh, you know, if we can get somebody like Shane Bieber, uh, I think he would be a definite plus.
2: There's not much pitching available. Yep, I think he'd be a plus. Um, I,
1: I I would I would consider Joe Bannon as a manager. I, I think a lot uh, of people talking about that. The current manager, I just don't think he's the right fit for the Cardinals. He he,
2: he takes pitch, starting pitchers out too early. The bullpen doesn't do a job. I, I just don't
1: think it's a good. Well, pitch. here's here's the here's the issue, uh, John. So when Mike Schilt was fired, he was fired because he had some philosophical disagreements with the front office. Um, he was a he he appreciated the analytics, but he was a more of a feel kind of a manager and he was replaced by Ali Marmol who's basically marching in lockstep with whatever the front office wants. And so if you switch to a guy like Joe Madden, um, he would be much more in the line of a Tony Larusa or even a Mike Shilt to a lesser extent. And I don't know that the front office wants to wants to go there. They're so committed to the analytics. Yeah, but, but look at look at Texas. They hire Bruce Bochi and they, yeah. they turn the, the team around. Well, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, thanks, hey, for John. The call. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Mort. Mort, you're on X. Hey, how you doing? Great. Enjoy your show. Thank First you. First of all, uh,
2: I got a, several comments I'd like to make. If you give me the time, I'd appreciate oh, it. Well, you got First a couple of all. minutes.
1: Mort, uh, take okay. Take them. Use them wisely.
2: Okay, when they send players down to re- resurrect them, uh, why don't they send managers down? Well, and, um, and and it's obvious why Holloway didn't want to come. Holiday didn't want to come here. So here's my question: I think the press is a little bit easy on Benzel. Let's face it; he's he's a, he's the architect that put this team together. No question. He's made a bunch of lousy tra- trades, and as a result, you see the product. And in the last three years, he's made one monumental trade, or one monumental signing, and look at me—the bad ones he's made. And to me personally, I think the game is passing by. I think DeWitt I don't know if wit see now or he doesn't care, but we'll see. We'll see what happens next year with season ticket
1: sales. Well, whatever whatever Bill DeWitt's state of mind is he owns the team. So uh, there right. is that. And and let me hasten to add, the Cardinals have had Darn near 20 consecutive winning seasons in a row. There's not many. That's the past. I understand. I understand. But there's not many professional sports teams that can boast that kind of record. Hey, Mort, thanks for your call. Uh, We're going to step aside here for just a moment. But I wanted to share this thought, Michael. Oh, please share. With all of you. Okay. It was the Christmas season of 2018. We were in here at KMOX. I think we were filling in for Charlie Brennan. Okay. And, you know, I'm a sports guy. I love sports. You are. And I walked out into the lobby uh, after the first hour of our show, and in walked Bruce Affleck from the St. Louis Blues, right, and Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, then being carried here at KMOX. I remember this day, and uh, they were coming through, and I, I looked at them, and I I said I said guys, I, I can't watch this team. I mean, I, it's just it's painful. I can't watch them. Uh, this thing's over. And Chris Kerber looked at me and he said. You just never know. And I came back on the air, and I, we talked about that a little right. bit and about Chris Kerber saying you just never know. And I thought, you know, well, he's the broadcaster. What, what else is he going to say? right? Um, and so that was, uh, what, December the 20th. On January the 4th, the St. Louis Blues had the worst record in the NHL that year. And they proceeded to call up this young goalie, Um, Jordan Bennington that nobody had ever heard of. Jake Allen was benched, basically, been struggling. And systematically, this team began to win hockey games. They won 11 in a row. They went on a massive run. Uh, The captain, uh, Petrangelo, uh, Alex Petrangelo, leading the team. Ryan O'Reilly, the newly brought-in centerman for the Blues. And they started to play as a team. They moved Ivan Barbashev to the fourth line, Uh, with Alex Steen to the fourth line, which was a demotion for him. But what a rock he became on that fourth line. And that team went on to make the playoffs, and they won the first round in six games. They won the second round in seven games with that fateful double overtime goal uh, by Pat Maroon, the hometown boy, against the Dallas Stars. They won the third round. Then they went against the vaunted Boston Bruins. And being down... Three games to two in that series, they came back, they won game six, and they went to Boston. Nobody gave them a chance, and they won game seven. And I look back to that December 20th day where I had given up hope on the Blues that season, and it remains the only season in which they've ever won the Stanley Cup. All of which is to say, you just never
0: won. That's a very optimistic outlook, and I appreciate it. And on that, I think we ought to play a little of this right now. We'll be back after this on KMOX.
1: Kelly, sponsored by insterity HR that makes a difference on News Radio 1120 KMOX. The National Basketball Association had their finals this week—a four-to-one series win for the first time in franchise history by the Denver Nuggets. And joining us now to discuss it, break it down, is our sports insider. He's with us every time we're on the radio during the evening here on KMOX. John Hancock from Chicago, Illinois. That finals was something.
4: It was, it was. You know, it was a bit of a shocking matchup. You had the Miami Heat, the eight seed in the East. They were just slaying giants the entire run through the playoffs. Finally ran into the juggernaut of Jokic, though, and they cannot overcome that in the end I mean how impressive was that guy just watching him play it's insane seeing the seven-footer be able to move how he does despite looking how unathletic that he looks he's not a Kevin Durant type athletic seven-footer but he finds a way to make it done he'll throw up a shot you think there's no way that goes in and it finds a way and it's it's incredible seeing the center facilitate the offense he's got like the best parts of you know Hakeem Olajuwon's game mixed with Magic Johnson throwing a little Dirk Nowitzki and he, he's got he does it all well, you sent me that picture of him as a young lad, and all I can say is there's hope for all of us. Yeah, no, there is. And uh, yeah, he was a fat kid for those who don't know. And uh, thats uh, I didn't know they had that much food in Serbia. So that, that was interesting oh, uh, for gosh. me, at least. And, you know, for me, watching the NBA Finals, the first time I ever really
1: got to watch Michael Porter play basketball, we never <laughs> saw him at the zoo. Uh, he's a pretty yeah, good player.
4: Yeah. He is, you know, it was an up and down finals for him. Uh, The shot really kind of failed him, but he was a key piece, had a lot of rebounds uh, throughout the series and ended strong in game five. Uh, But he never, you know, put his head down. He never pouted. He kept going out there um, and was able to have a strong performance to uh, end the series and bring it home. And it was, it was great seeing a Mizzou, you know, I I don't know if a one is the right word, but uh, you know, Mizzou associate with the uh, microphone after an NBA championship took a little bit of the sting out of seeing, uh, You know, everyone's least favorite real-life supervillain, Stan Kroenke, up there again.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, we know that Michael Porter Jr. at least had a cup of Starbucks coffee here in the state of Missouri, and now he's an NBA champion. You know, this team, the franchise, has been around a long time and have never won a title before. But if you look at the way they're structured, they got a very young team. These guys are under contract. Uh, Are
4: we looking at a dynasty? Uh, you certainly could be. I mean, Jokic is only 28. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., they already have him uh, signed for a longer-term deal. Then Jamal Murray has really emerged, came into his own. He's been dealing with injuries the past two seasons, really forming a great dynamic duo with uh, Jokic. This is a team that and they talked about how deep they are all year, but really you got those three, you, put, you build around them. They're going to be a contender. Michael Malone, their coach, he had been complaining all postseason about how no one was talking about the Nuggets, and then he immediately said, this isn't the only one we're going to get, so he's putting the expectations out there, trying to get his team talked about.
0: I was grateful to see these guys win it, but I just hate the fact that Stan Kroenke's the owner yeah, of that team. Yeah, exactly. It's the worst.
4: Exactly. We'd like to see my guy Jimmy Butler uh, do the impossible with the Heat. And how about Jimmy Butler? I, uh, the gap between his regular season and playoff stats is remarkable. It's like about eight points a game more in the playoffs. He just gets to another level. He's taken a couple of teams of the finals of Miami that really didn't have much business being there in the bubble year, and then he did it again this year, taking out Giannis Antetokounmpo, Boston Celtics, and uh, the Knicks not as impressive, but the Bucs and Celtics certainly were the adversaries.
1: You might say Michael Butler was the Ivan Barbashev of the postseason, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights with a couple of former Blues Stanley Cup champions Alex Petrangelo on the blue line and uh, Barbashev at the forward line. They were very impressive in their four to one win over the Florida Panthers.
4: Yeah, you know, congratulations to Vegas. But after you know the Blues uh, fans here in St. Louis suffered for decades upon decades, these guys get in the league and, and they make the Cup year one, I believe. And then, bang, here they are, not even four or five years in, and they're winning the whole thing. Yeah, but they're
1: not owned by Stan Kroenke,
4: so you got to love that. That is true. Yeah, that is true.
0: Junior, we cannot have a discussion uh, about sports without bringing up yeah, our this, St. Louis Cardinals yeah. today. And just, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. we got swept by San Francisco. I went to the game, left in the eighth inning, had to go to a yeah. meeting. We were winning, and well, yeah, you we're all just have gutted. Left, uh, we're all gutted here. Yeah,
4: I mean, you got a Montgomery quality start. Hicks was dynamite out of the pin, worked out of a little jam there. Uh, then to blow that game is just incredibly disappointing. It seems like the pitching... Anytime we're, we're able to get some good pitching, string it together, the offense just goes dead as a doornail. Uh, it's um, you know dark times. Even the Oakland A's have won seven in a row right now, and they've as hapless as, as they've been. You know, it's uh, us in the Metro, I think squarely in the basement teams that are really struggling, really underperforming, and uh, tough, tough to see for a city that's accustomed to you know maybe not uh, hanging banners every year, but certainly not accustomed to this.
0: You think this is the team, huh? It's not going to get any better the rest of the year.
4: Uh, At this point, it's just, it's what more can change. And more importantly, we're running out of time. I mean, even if we do, things do click on all cylinders, things get turned around. We're nine games back today. Uh, Our division's not good at all. So, I mean, we've seen bigger comebacks out of these St. Louis Cardinals, obviously, with different rosters than nine games with less time in the season. That takes it back to the 2011 wild card, But Something drastic is going to need to change. And we have four teams that we need to jump. Well, that's it. Chasing, and, and if the Cardinals go, one.
1: if the Cardinals magically go 12 and four, there's still seven games under 500. And, yeah. uh, and that takes you well into July at that point. And it's just, it's hard to see anything happening here. Now you are our NFL insider, perhaps more so than anything else. And so, um, wanted to ask you, as you look ahead, the training camps are going to break here in a couple of months. We're going to have some NFL action coming our way. Uh, are you seeing anything in the offseason, any of the draft choices, any of the movement of players that uh, leads you to think we might see a little change in the leadership structure in the National Football League?
4: Yeah, so obviously I'm going to be a little bit biased because I got people all over my ear in Chicago talking up the Bears out. It's going to be a different year. Justin Fields has weapons. They got you know more from Carolina when they traded the number one pick. Uh, Cole Komet, tight end, getting a lot of buzz, the number two option. A lot, of, a lot of hype for the Chicago Bears now that Aaron Rodgers has finally left the Packers in the NFC North. Uh, people here seem very confident that they can win that division and make the playoffs. That wouldn't shock me, but I don't share their sense of optimism. Uh, Derek Carr in New Orleans. uh, with the saints. Now that's going to be an interesting development. That's a weak division, the NFC South. He may be able to, to make something happen. Does he, there, does he have the, does he have the tools there? A big part of it's going to be what happens with Camara. Uh, um, you know, he's been an absolute workhorse and um, what, what's going to happen in that offense now. And then, speaking of the NFC South, my favorite division and uh, Michael's favorite quarterback, it looks like our guy, uh, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> is exactly where you want to be. And that's replacing a legend. You know what they always say. <laughs> Filling in for Tom Brady well, down there. What are we <laughs> expecting to see out of Baker Mayfield this year? Well, I think, I, you know, I, I know I've seen some clips that, uh, that Michael has sent me of uh, Baker overthrowing what <laughs> appear to be wide open receivers down at training camp. Uh, so I think we can expect to see a lot more of that on this team that was built to win a title. Very clearly in the past two years, uh, they got one of them, um, and now now we got Baker in a salary cap nightmare.
1: So you're going to be in town uh, and going to be on the show with us on Friday morning. I Is understand. that right? You're
4: yeah. coming in? Yeah. yeah, I'll be in studio. Wow. I First hope we'll, time in a while. We ought to throw the cams us.
1: on
0: that day so people can see what we look like.
1: <laughs> Wait, I don't want them to see what I look
4: like. Well, but I mean, we yeah, got to yeah, have John
0: Jr. on there looking yeah, well, good. Well, oh, how, you know, uh,
4: uh,
1: how was the Taylor Swift concert, by the way?
4: Oh, was phenomenal. I mean, like he, he scoffs when I say this, Michael, but it's it's Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, yep. the Beatles, and Taylor Swift. That's that's who it is. Well, that's the Mount Rushmore.
0: I, I don't know <laughs> that I, I I necessarily put her up with the Beatles. But
4: yeah, I, we could swap out we could swap out MJ for Prince. You I, I, you could sell me on that. <laughs> but I
0: do think she's impressive as heck. You know, it's just so disappointing she didn't make it to St. Louis because well, not much is coming here these days. How was it in Chicago? Yeah. Did it take over the town? Did they rename stuff after her?
4: Yeah, I didn't see too much renaming here, but uh, it was the busiest weekend at hotels for a long time. I saw she's going to bring four point six billion estimated in economic spending uh, in the in the markets where she's going on tour. Four point six billion with a B. How long she play, John? Uh, so three and a half hours long show is the greatest hits album. Uh, greatest hits concert, basically uh, went up there three and a half hours and only 33 years old, but could very well retire and be a legacy act and for did, the next 40 years. Did she
0: bring uh, any uh, surprise guests on stage or is it just solely her?
4: Yeah, it's just solely her. Uh, occasionally, you'll get a surprise guest. Um, we didn't we didn't get one. Um In Chicago but every now and then you'll get someone but no no one crazy like like you have like Steven Tyler come out yeah how were your seats seats were phenomenal 13 rows back on the floor Uh, this was the first time I've ever felt old I'll tell you that there were uh just the amount of people there there were like these kids around me and I'm like oh this I'm finally old I finally feel it
0: yeah And were they screaming like, you know, you see the old Beatles uh, footage? Uh, ah!
4: They were. Fortunately, I was close enough to the speaker. I I didn't have to deal with the screaming to that degree. Well, there's our sports and
1: music insider, (laughs) John Hancock from Chicago, Illinois. He'll be live in studio with us on Friday. Thanks for your time. When we come back, the home improvement segment of Hancock & Kelly, Michael Kelly's Adventures with a Washer and Dryer. Wait till you hear that. Wait till you hear Next. About to be a great night. Really good tonight. Yeah, this is one hell of a night. Now, back to late night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. Maytag washers and dryers are a lot like Newton here. <laughs> Faithful, dependable. Year after year, hardly a complaint. Welcome to That's the That's true of all Maytags. Home by side, stacked. Every full-size Maytag washer here is built like" Here on King of OX, I know there. Scott Mosby's here on Saturday, but tonight you've got Hancock and Kelly and Michael Kelly who does approximately three loads of laundry a day yeah. at his Not little now. condo there in the Central West End. Not he now. walked in the other day, and that faithful Maytag that had been with him for lo these many years had ceased to work. Michael Kelly needed a new washer and dryer, or he could have simply paid to have it repaired by the Maytag Yeah, repairman. I didn't do that
0: because I called the, the thing and they said it was going to be like $300 to come out and service this right. thing. And it's, it's, it's got to be at least 15, 20 years old.
1: 15, 20 so years old. So it's
0: not going to make it. not going to make it, one. the
1: washer and dry. Is it the washer or the dryer? Well,
0: or? it's a stackable, so it's one whole unit. Does that make sense? So you got the, one,
1: but you got separate things. I mean, a a separate things, but it's the washer that's having the problem. The washer's having yeah, the So washer the dryer is drying, yeah, but the, the washer's not washing. Right, right. right. So, so the, the dryer is superfluous if the washer's not washing. Hello. Because you don't have clean yes, clothes. Yes, I'm so Into glad I have you
0: as my co-host right, here. To, right. to, to, I'm trying to, to the, diagnose the yeah, problem. Well, the problem is done. It's it's over with. All I got right. a new one. So, so you got So
1: you you go so out there. And you, I hop you, in the you, car. You, you decide not to repair yeah. your
0: unit. I decided I'm going to make an investment in something that I really like. Brand new. And I went and got a a a, a, a new washer and dryer you, there at Home Depot.
1: At Home Depot, he gets the
0: washer So the lady dryer. says to me when I'm standing there, yeah. she recognized me, by the way. Oh, yeah. She liked this. She says, um, "Do you know if you want a gas or an electric?" Yeah. I said, uh, oh. "Well, it's electric. I live in a building." And, yeah, and then uh, the uh, Democrats are—they uh, don't yeah. like
1: gas uh, stoves right. or anything.
0: And so, so I, buy the I buy the electric one. Okay, uh, they can't deliver it until June 3rd. So now I got right. like five yeah. days to wait. It's like eleven so days. I'm to waiting. Well. Uh, get a call 15 minutes from now. We'll be there. Meet us downstairs. I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get my new washer. They They're going to take the old one away. They're going to
1: haul it away and, and put the new uh, electric uh, washer. So and dryer. I go
0: down there and, and the guys, I help them haul it up. Yeah. They bring it up and I go out. Could in the you other see it? Could
1: you see his butt crack? No. Oh, okay. He was too All young, too right.
0: young strapping All fellas right. okay. and they, they bring it up. And, right. uh, the guy comes back into the front room as he's doing it because I've given him a little room to do the well, job. Well, he's got to you know? have
1: space to do. I mean, yeah. this is a professional operation. He says
0: to me, he says, uh, you got an electric washer dryer here. I yeah. said, yeah. He goes, I said, yeah. He goes, well, your your equipment's for gas. Oh. Ouch. I said, I don't have gas. I Ouch. said, I live in a building like this. They won't even let me get grill on my back porch because they don't want gas. But yet, yeah. you've
1: had gas pouring into your washing machine for all these many years. So here, to make a long story short, I say to the guy... And so they can't hook up an electric said, on the yeah, gas. Yeah, I said, well, how hard is this?
0: Uh, yeah. I said, I got this electric one. Are you going to take this back and get me another one? Yeah, he says, yeah. we could do that. But... He says, but I'm telling you, it's really simple. Get an electrician over here, oh, put a four pronged blah, 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 blah in. Yeah, you
1: got to get the electric line running there. And so
0: then. I said, okay, that's fine. He
1: says, you want us to take the old washer dryer away? I you said, take no, it no, no, don't take no, it, don't I take said, it away. I, I, Leave it here. Yeah. I, Even though it doesn't clean my clothes, they at least get wet.
0: Yeah, I said, because I, I don't want, you know, I, I don't know what to do. All right. I probably messed up on that part. So the guy, electrician, so, comes, he looks at it. So takes, they both sitting in there now. Yeah, you got yeah. you got two washers right, and two dryers. Right. Just keep the, rubbing it in over there, right, you little
1: right. jerk. All right, there they
0: are. So now I I I, I call the electrician, he shows yeah. up and he, he says was. to me, He says, Yeah, I can do what you, you want. Could you see his butt crack? No. All right. He says, I can do what you want. Yeah. I say, Yeah, how much is it? He says about five grand. I five thousand dollars. He says, Well, he says, We're gonna have to run a new wire through this wall. Oh. And he says, So I'm gonna have to cut into this wall. Oh, to get to this outlet. Pat Sitchek and, so, and
1: Vanna White couldn't give you $5,000.
0: Right, right. And I looked at him and I said, no, I'm not I'm not no, doing that. No, So now uh. I'm on the phone with Home Depot's. Yes. I'm saying, look, this is what happened. Yeah. Mr. Kelly, this is buyer's remorse. You can't, we, we don't take exchanges. They won't I said, take your machine back. I said, this is Home Depot. I'll never go to them again. Um Wow. And, and so... Uh, they said it wow. won't take it Fighting back. Words. I wind up go to to the Home Depot corporate yeah. and then I get passed off to LG uh-huh. and all this stuff. Needless to say for three weeks, I am running back and forth to someone at one of my buddy's houses to do my laundry. And that would explain the smell. Right. Oh, <laughs> that's mean. That's mean. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. To do my washer and yeah. dryer stuff. Yeah. And right now I'm in the process of resolving the issue. So, I'm either going to sell the current new one I have yes, online. Yes. At a loss. Oh. Or I might be making a strong contribution to one of our good charities around town, they can help somebody who needs a washer and dryer. Folks,
1: if you're in need. No, no, no. Don't be say, Don't have them call here. If, I, if you're in need. Because I need a tax right Of anymore. an electric washer and dryer, and you're in the mood to spend, I don't know, four or five grand. <laughs> no, no, no. I think the whole thing was like 1500 1600 He will sell it to you for $1,800, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and and autograph it for you. Michael Kelly, 436 can you 7900 i am such an idiot. I can't All believe be right I did this. All with the world. You I have a have gas known. washer and dryer. You dryier. should have known you had the
0: gas. Didn't they know that I wouldn't do a gas washer and dryer? How am I supposed to know it was gas? You wouldn't know if yours is
1: gas or electric. If, if you have home and You have and needs, no clue. We would be delighted what to talk yours, to you. What is yours, gas or electric? John Michael Lyle joins us after this. I know. can't wait for what I'm about to see on Camo X.